Alrighty, what's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. I am him. I greatly appreciate everybody joining me. What an unbelievable weekend of college football we had, starting off with the Texas-Oklahoma game, which was an unbelievable watch. Ole Miss and Arkansas going down to the wire. Penn State and Iowa, unbelievable game. And then, a shocker to the entire world, which was absolutely crazy. We've never seen anything like it. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide falling to the Texas A&M Aggies, led by former assistant of Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. He is the first assistant to ever beat Nick Saban in a regular season matchup. Unbelievable performance from Texas A&M. Do I think they'll be able to keep up this momentum? No, absolutely not. They're not a great football team. Except, I mean, the fact that Alabama, they went into Kyle Field, and everybody remembers, you know, the matchups that they've had with, you know, Johnny Manziel beating. That was Johnny Manziel's high. That he won the Heisman Trophy because he beat Alabama. That's it. I mean, yes, he had a great season. They weren't a awesome team. I mean, they were winning games every once in a while, but they lost a couple. But when he beat Alabama in the fashion that they did, he won the Heisman Trophy. So Alabama to go into Kyle Field and lose, not a great look right now. They're fifth in the country. But look, this is the Alabama Crimson Tide. We understand who they are. I, I kind of like Nick Saban. I used to not like Nick Saban, but I've realized, you know, as I grow up here to respect greatness and like with Tom Brady, I wasn't a huge Tom Brady fan up until last year. You know, I, I didn't really respect Tom Brady for the greatness that he has. All Everything that leaves his body is great. And the same thing with Nick Saban. Everything he puts out on the field is great. All the players that he puts in the NFL are great. The product he puts week in and week out is great. So I love Nick Saban right now. I really appreciate everything he's done for college football. There's a lot of coaches right now, especially like Dabo Swinney. We heard him in a press conference last night talking about the transfer portal, basically saying he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look at the transfer portal. He doesn't want to look at the transfer portal. Dabo Swinney's the same guy as well who's had some interesting comments about amateurism and NIL. He basically said in 2019, I don't know if I can coach if my players are making money. You're still coaching, pal, and they are making a ton of money. So welcome to the new age. And Nick Saban has been able to, you know, transition very well. Obviously, we remember Alabama, you know, back 10 years ago, running the football, running the football, running the football. Not great quarterbacks. They they had quarterbacks who could get it done, but they weren't superstars. Jake Coker. A.J. McCarron, the, Greg McElroy, the list goes on. Average quarterbacks, but they had great running backs and a great defense. Now, they have a good defense and a phenomenal offense that is spread out. They have guys who can move around. The quarterback is mobile. I love what Alabama's doing, and they'll be fine. What are we freaking out about here? It's the Alabama Crimson Tide. They'll be in the college football playoff. We know it. We love it, and I'm excited to see how this college football season moves along. But today, there is a couple things in the NFL that we have to talk about. And as everybody that listens to this program knows, we preach two things on this program. Peace and love. You spread peace and love to the world. And also a phrase that I live by on a daily basis that I take into anything I do, anybody that I meet, anywhere I go, everybody love everybody. This world is filled with hate and we have no room for humans who have hate in their hearts for other humans. And obviously in the NFL over the weekend, John Gruden had 
emails came out over an eight-year span back and forth with Bruce Allen that had racist, homophobic, misogynistic words that were being used over the course of an eight-year period. So John Gruden resigns from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, basically telling everybody, I don't have a racial bone in my body. I didn't mean, mean to hurt anybody. Well, newsflash, pal, you did hurt people. You called you called the commissioner of the league a gay slur. You know what I'm saying? You called the NFLPA's president at the time a racial slur. So you, sir, have hate in your heart. And guess what? To be the head of a franchise, to be the face of the Las Vegas Raiders and to say the things that you were saying about women, about men, about your team, about your ownership, disgusting things John Gruden has done over the past eight to 10 years. And honestly, we look at him as a human and whole. This is a bad guy. That's what, that's what we're dealing with here. John Gruden is not a good guy. I never liked him on Monday Night Football. I've never been a fan of John Gruden. But John is now gone from the Las Vegas Raiders. An investigation is ongoing now with the Washington football team, which the investigation began with them, and these emails came out. It's an interesting thing. I don't want to get too much into it because basically what we do here on this program is preach love, not hate. That's what we do. We love here on this program. I don't associate myself with humans like John Gruden because you can't because there's no place in this world for a bad guy. And especially in the league of all leagues, the NFL is the number one sporting league in the world, and it's not even close. And to be a representative of a new franchise, a franchise that they took from Oakland, California to Las Vegas, a $3 billion stadium built for you, John built for you. You brought in the players that you wanted. You drafted the guys you wanted. You brought in a GM who was on TV for the last 10 years that you were working with and said, you know what? I need to bring him along. And the ownership said, that's fine. And I'm not a huge fan of Mark Davis, obviously. It's unbelievable, but they build this whole franchise. They signed John Gruden to a 10-year, $100 million deal to coach in the NFL, which is already very interesting. And when you look at some of the roster decisions the Las Vegas Raiders have made due to money issues, oh, who does it go back to? Maybe the coach, you're paying $10 million a year to, to coach the team. And guess what? You haven't had a playoff season since he's been there. So how are things going, John? How are things going? And then to see all of these emails, to see the disgusting remarks this man has made, there is no place for that in sports. I don't want to get too into it, but what I want to get into is Lamar Jackson. And I think this is a good segue because there's always a stigma, a stereotype behind black quarterbacks. Always. Every quarterback that comes out of Ohio State that is great, a m majority of them have been black. And what do they say about him? Ah, he won't make it in the NFL. Can't do it. He's a runner. He likes to run the ball. What they say about Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback for Louisville? What they say about him coming out to the NFL? Uh, he should probably he probably should play receiver. Probably should play safety. Guess what, NFL? This guy, week in and week out, he's an NFL MVP. He has a playoff win. And on Monday night football against the Indianapolis Colts, this man put on a performance unlike I've ever seen before. The Ravens were down 25-9 to going into the fourth quarter. And by the way, let's remember what's going on with this Ravens team. They are depleted. They don't have any running backs, any corners. Some of the receivers are hurt. I mean, it is unbelievable the, the way this team is still 4-1 right now. They're 4-1 with no team around them. They got one guy. One guy is Lamar Jackson, and he 
in the fourth quarter did things I've never seen a football player do. Let me throw this stat line out for you, okay? Because it was a historic day for the NFL. Over 450 passing yards by Lamar Jackson in that football game and four touchdowns. Okay, so bring the narrative to me that he can't throw the football downfield. I'd love to hear that now. He threw the ball 43 times that game, 450 yards, four touchdowns, completed 37 out of the 43 balls. That's 85% completion percentage, throwing the ball over 40 times for 400 yards. Guess what? That's never been done in the NFL before. He accumulated 500 yards on his own. On his own, he had 60 on the ground. Unbelievable. And when you look right now, if you go to total yards in in offense for all of the NFL teams right now, the 15th slot is Lamar Jackson. Not the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson alone is better on offense than 15 other, or 17, excuse me, other NFL teams. Nobody has ever done what this guy is doing. And yeah, obviously Michael Vick was phenomenal. He's not six foot two, 220 pounds. I just love now the, the narrative still. Every week we're going to hear media people say, well, we, yeah, he had a great game, but we haven't seen enough yet. We haven't seen. What more do you want him to do? He is working with a depleted roster where he is the sole offensive provider. I mean, the Ravens had a total of 529 yards in that game. He accumulated 500 of those yards. The quarterback, the quarterback of your football team, accumulated all the yards that you needed. And so somebody's going to sit here and still tell me that this guy can't win as an NFL quarterback. It is unbelievable. And it roots back to the issues we've seen with John Gruden, the stereotyping of these guys. I mean, what'd they say about Justin Fields coming out? What'd they say about him? Justin Fields threw 43 touchdowns, three interceptions in his junior year, and they're saying he's a running quarterback? Why? Oh, I know why. It's because the color of his skin. Unbelievable that that this is still in the NFL, and that's why it's so frustrating to see John Gruden, because it felt like a little bit. A little bit that the NFL was making strides to get rid of these stereotypes, to get rid of the stigma behind black quarterbacks and black players in general. And now John Gruden basically set the clock back a couple years. That's what he did. Now I think as the NFL, as a sports community as a whole, you know what I'm saying? And I'm including myself in that. We have to grow together. Conversation is good. Usually good things come out of having conversation. And love all, serve all. Everybody love everybody. That's all I have to say about this. There's just no room in the NFL for a guy like John Gruden. There is room for a guy like Lamar Jackson who is playing phenomenal football. I mean, they're down 25 to 9. He leads them back, wins in overtime, 31-25. I've never seen anything like that. Unbelievable, Lamar Jackson, and unbelievable to you, John Gruden, but I digress. Let's move forward. I got a question to pose for everybody. Are the Kansas City Chiefs a bad football team? Are they bad? I think they're bad. I don't think they're good this season. The Buffalo Bills came into Arrowhead on a Sunday night and dominated them in all three phases of the football game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes right now is not looking like the Patrick Mahomes we all saw. And I, and I think about it in this way. All the media, including myself, were thinking that this Kansas City Chiefs roster right here is going to win 10 Super Bowls. They're going to be the team 
like the Patriots were for the last 20 years, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not the case. It can't be the case. It can't. They've lost three games this year. We're going into week six. That ain't Chiefs football. You know what I'm saying? And the defense is a problem. The defense right now, I believe with the amount of yards and points they're giving up, could go down in history as one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The NFL's ever seen. Kansas City Chiefs, how do you want to win? You got all the... Look, Tyreek Hill is a generational talent. We will never see another Tyreek Hill. We can't. There's not a human who can run past four other incredible all-star professional athletes the way he does. Nobody will be able to do it. Nobody. And his size and status is quit. Nobody. Patrick Mahomes. Very few people can throw the ball the way Patrick Mahomes throws the football. Very few. Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's one of the greatest tight ends the NFL, if not the greatest tight end the NFL's ever seen. But if you don't have a complete team, especially on the defensive side of the football, if you're having to go into shootouts with people week after week, I mean, for God's sakes, the, the Eagles put up 35 points on the Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles. They have a head coach who compared football to the hot dog eating competition. And you let them score 35 points? You've been to the Super Bowl the last, what, three years? What's going on, Kansas City? We gotta figure this out. I'm a, I, I like Kansas City. I, I like Patrick Mahomes. He's a Texas Tech Red Raider. You know what I'm saying? I love Tyreek Hill. Love seeing that fast little man run down the field and put the peace sign at everybody while he's running past him. Who doesn't love that? But when you're not winning football games, we can't love you. I can't love you because I'm not a fan of you, obviously, but I enjoy watching you play football. But the Buffalo Bills, if not, I think right now the Bills are the best team in football. I do. I think especially after that performance against Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the week one loss to the Steelers was a fluke, obviously, because you look at the Steelers, eh, not good. Not good. Big Ben, I mean, he can't throw the ball past 25 yards, and now Juju Smith-Schuster's out for the year, so they're going to have some problems in Pittsburgh, that's for sure. But um, the, the Buffalo Bills here, I mean, Josh Allen, he had 315 yards, three touchdowns, another score on the ground, and I love what they're doing with Josh. They're running, you know, he's six foot five, 240 pounds. Like, this is a big old guy. He's got a big old arm. And also, he's an athlete. He can move. He runs. I mean, he had 12 carries against the Chiefs. Was absolutely gashing him. Running right up the middle, running powers, which normally on a quarterback power, one of the guards, if you're going to the left, the right guard will pull. He'll run around the line and go and block a linebacker, and you're supposed to follow him. They did that 12 times, and it worked, and the Chiefs couldn't stop it. And then, okay, we're not going to run, Allen. We're not going to run. I'm going to throw it over the top to Stefan Diggs right here because my arm is better than almost everybody in the NFL. And that's what the cool thing here about the Buffalo Bills. Year one of Josh Allen, he wasn't good. We did not know what this kid was going to be. He's a load. He's got a live arm, but it's not really working. Year two, he made some improvements. You know what I'm saying? What you kind of want to see out of a guy, right? You're like, okay, we're getting somewhere here. This feels good. You know, you're developing. And then Jordan Palmer and all those quarterback gurus hooked up a thousand wires to him and figured out what was going on with his throw. Rumor has it that during the, what actually this is true, what he found was he wasn't in the first two years of his NFL career, he wasn't using his legs or his hips to throw the football. He was he was throwing 70 yard bombs with just his arm. Unbelievable. I mean, I heard Jordan Palmer talk about it. He said he's never seen anything like it. 
the arm strength that he had solely by not using his legs or his hips. So when that started to happen, I mean, the NFL was put on notice very quickly. 400-yard game, 300-yard game, throwing the ball deep, deep, deep. And now that they have Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, even though he won't get vaccinated, is playing really good football right now. And the defense looks good. I believe the kid out of Miami, the defensive end, he's a rookie. Unbelievable. He can fly around. I love the Bills right now. I absolutely love them. I don't... I don't want to say right now that they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but as of this moment here, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in football. They are. That defense is playing really good. Micah Micah Hyde is, I love that guy. I mean, he is a great safety. He flies around. He's a ball hawk. Speaking of ball hawk, sidebar here, Trayvon Diggs to win the Defensive Player of the Year. Lock it in right now. Five games, six interceptions. Has two, has two games with two interceptions. Nobody wants to throw to this guy. He he made a play over the weekend against the Giants that looked like Deion Sanders. Okay, and what Deion Sanders would do because he was so fast and athletic, he would let guys get by him. He would bait the quarterback. He would let a guy get a step on him because he knew, oh, I'm faster than that guy. So I'll let him get a step on me. The quarterback thinks he's got an easy shot downfield, and I'm going to turn it on. And, oh, by the way, Deion Sanders could play offense and defense if he wanted to. Same thing with Tra- Trayvon Diggs, the corner for the Dallas Cowboys, started out at Alabama as a wide receiver. He was a receiver and punt returner. He has incredible ball skills, and we're seeing it on the field. It is unbelievable what this kid's doing. Defense player of the year, lock it in, no doubt. What I want to look at before we get out of here are some futures, some odds. What, what's going on with the Super Bowl? What is Vegas thinking is going to happen? I like doing this because it gives you good insight on where they're thinking teams will be when we get to week 16, week 17, going into the playoffs. So I want to take you through a couple odds here for the Super Bowl and for the MVP as well. So we're going to get into it right here. Leading off the uh, Super Bowl rankings, Tampa Bay is the favorite right now to win the Super Bowl at plus 500. I understand, obviously, coming off the Super Bowl, they absolutely routed the Miami Dolphins 45-17. to Tom Brady had five touchdown passes. It's like, man... When are you ever going to give it up, dude? Like, uh, you got you to keep coming in here at week after week. And uh, it sucks because, like, Rob Gronkowski's out, okay? But who does he have? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and oh, yeah, did we forget about a man by the name of Antonio Brown? One of the greatest receivers the league has ever seen? He's on that team. And they're, he lives with Tom Brady. They live together in Tom's 72-bedroom house that he has in Tampa Bay that he rents from Derek Jeter. I mean, this team is absolutely perfect. The defense, they got some problems in the secondary. I know they're kicking themselves because they signed Richard Sherman, and like five days later, Stephon Gilmore went on the market. They're, they're kicking themselves for that because they really need some corners there. But I like Tampa Bay more. They'll probably make it again. I mean, it's Tom Brady. I... I've bet against Tom Brady my entire life, and every single year I get disappointed. So I'm here to say that I'm not going to say anything about Tampa Bay making it or winning it to the Super Bowl because it's Tom Brady. Like, this is is the greatest to ever do it, greatest athlete of all time. I mean, he will be there. He will. And and saying that as an Aaron Rodgers guy, as a Packers guy, you know, because my two teams love saying it. Carolina Panthers, because of location, because of where I'm at, they're the closest team. I followed them the longest. But 
My favorite NFL player of all time is Aaron Rodgers, and I love the Green Bay Packers. And before that, I loved watching Brett Favre throw the football. So, you know, I, I integrate myself with the Packers. And every year, the Packers, I believe it's five straight NFC championship appearances, zero Super Bowls. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And now, of course, Aaron, Aaron was thinking like, finally, you know, like this might be my year. Oh, wait, Tom Brady goes to Tampa. We're going to have to see him in the NFC Championship game. He's like, well, here we go. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? And by the way, Packers, we just, this is their front office here, right? Stefan Gilmore came out publicly, publicly and said he would like to be a Green Bay Packer. Stefan Gilmore, Defense Player of the Year two years ago, he goes to Carolina. He said publicly. He would like to play football with Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, your defensive backs are some of the worst in the NFL. And your best defensive back is out for the season. And you don't even touch him. You sign Jalen Smith instead, the linebacker. We didn't need one. We didn't need a linebacker. We needed a corner. Shutdown. A guy who's going to put his hand in another man's chest and say, you're not getting off this line, pal. That's what Stephon Gilmore does. And now the Carolina Panthers are reaping the benefits. So, I mean, it's good for me both ways. You know what I'm saying? It's good for me both ways. But let's keep going here. Buffalo plus 550 to win the Super Bowl right now. I love that a lot. I really do. If I mean, if they're playing Tom Brady, it's a, it's a different story. Like, you go with Tom Brady. If Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, newsflash, who do you bet on? Tom Brady. That's just what you do. You, you can't do it any other way. Buffalo at plus 550. Kansas City, after three losses, they're third in, to win the Super Bowl right now at plus 700. I mean, people are thinking, we, we just know the narrative. Like, Kansas City Chiefs, they can turn it on whenever. They can be good whenever. And that is true, but if you have a defense who's giving up more yards and points than anybody else in the NFL, you're going to get caught, and we've seen that. They're 2-3. and three. The Kansas City Chiefs are 2-3 and three through the first five games of the NFL season. That's unbelievable. I can't believe I'm uttering those words out of my mouth, but I continue the Los Angeles Rams plus 800 fourth place for the odds to win the Super Bowl. They won't do it. I mean, Sean McVay is a good coach, but they're not going to get there. I mean, that division, you know, you got the Cardinals, you got the uh, Chargers, 49ers. I mean, one of the best divisions in football. And oh, by the way, you're in the NFC. So who do you have to see? You got to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That's tough. Those guys are going to beat you. I don't care. I don't bet against those two humans at any point in my life. I will never do it. Because at any given moment, they can win football games. LA Rams fourth. Green Bay, let's go. Plus 900. They are fifth to win the Super Bowl right now. I don't think we have the team, unfortunately. I, I don't think it's there. I would love it if it was there. But it's not. Especially without Stefan Gilmore as a corner for your team, and he said publicly he wanted to, but you didn't get him. Now we're going to rely on Kevin King, who gave up three touchdowns to Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's five foot seven. Scotty Miller gave up three touchdowns in the NFC Championship game, lost the game for the Green Bay Packers. Lost it. Now he's a starting corner. That's awesome. Great planning, LaFleur. Gunta Kuntz. Fucking idiots. Um, uh, no, a couple other teams here that are in the running at the moment, Baltimore plus 1100. Unfortunately, I don't think that the roster that they have right now is a Super Bowl winning roster, but I do like their chances right now because they have an alien, a literal alien in Lamar Jack. We've never seen anything like this. I don't care. He will go down in history as one of the greatest players we've ever seen. 
one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen run around the field. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Another guy, Arizona plus 1,200 at the moment. Kyler Murray playing great football. He's in the MVP conversation. Dallas. I don't want to say that the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl. But right now, five weeks into the NFL season, let's make some predictions here. Cowboys have a good enough roster offensive and defensively to win the Super Bowl. They do. But also, you're in the NFC. So who do you have? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Sorry, not going to happen. Not going to happen. You can't. I, I, I write it off because you can't. And then Chargers plus 1,600. They're a good team, obviously. Great matchup with uh, Browns and Chargers, 47-42. Justin Herbert's real deal. He's, he's the real deal. He's a guy that we're going to be seeing in the NFL for a very long time. Which brings me to my MVP odds that I want to get to really quickly here. Josh Allen leading the uh, charge right now at plus 450 to win the MVP. Right behind him is the guy who I predicted to win the MVP and I'm still holding on to. Kyler Murray at plus 500. Justin Herbert is third at plus, uh, tied for third with Dak Prescott as plus 700. Look, Dak is definitely going to win comeback player of the year, no doubt in my mind. That's just going to be a thing. If they keep it up, though, if Dak keeps playing the way he's playing and they get to the playoffs, you kind of have to give it to him. Right? Like, you, you kind of have to. You know, losing his mother and his brother and having the injury and then finally signing the contract and people thinking it's not worth the contract and playing a basically perfect season that he's had so far. You got to get, you, you'll, you're going to have to give it to Dak Prescott. You, you will. That might not happen because I think they're going to lose some games that they shouldn't lose, but I'm still locking in Kyler Murray for the MVP there. Tom Brady plus 800 won't happen, in my opinion. He'll have a couple slow games, you know what I'm saying? But they're probably going to win the Super Bowl, so what do I know? Other uh, other MVP candidates, Aaron Rodgers plus 1,200. I'd take that all day. I mean, greatest quarterback in the NFL I, I've ever seen. I'll always take him as the MVP, and those odds are absolutely phenomenal. He's playing great football. The Packers are looking good. Lamar Jackson at plus 1,200. That's something you really need to look at. Like if you're, if I know, obviously, you know, if you're, if you're not into gambling, I, I like to do these odds here just to show you what people who have very good information on this certain topic, what they're thinking could potentially happen. It's a good insight to look at here. Lamar Jackson plus 1200. There's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance that this guy keeps doing what he's doing and they, and he wins the MVP solely because he's the only player on the Baltimore Ravens right now. Literally they have a roster of one they do and it's Lamar Jackson I mean he's the only guy on the offense uh interesting one here Devontae Adams wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers plus 5,000 and he's had three I believe 300 yard games in a row all with touchdowns playing absolutely phenomenal football but quite honestly when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers you know throwing you the football it's gonna be there it's never not going to be in the position that you want. So you just got to make the play and catch the football. But off the line, the way he runs his routes, personally, if I'm picking the best receiver in the NFL right now, I'm taking Devontae Adams. And it shows because he is the only wide receiver on the MVP list right now. I, I love that guy. I mean, he's phenomenal. in the way Aaron speaks about him incredibly highly, he's a good man. And that's what we're looking for in the NFL, people. We're looking for good men, right? And we had a bad man. So we got him out. 
That's how sports work. That's how it's done. And that's how this show works because I greatly appreciate everybody joining me here on this beautiful day. Do a couple things for us before we get out of here. Subscribe. That'd be phenomenal. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating and be a friend. See a friend. Tell a friend. Share it with a friend. And more importantly, every day, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12, I am on the Scott Hamilton Show on ESPN 98.9 FM, charlestonsportsradio.com, and the ESPN 98.9 app. Tune in. We have a ton of fun there. Love to hear from any of you guys. I greatly appreciate all of you once again, and I will see you beautiful people next Thursday. Peace and love.